Welcome to High Low Buffalo. We are four friends who met through community. Join us in our shenanigans as we navigate life together. I'm Emily. Hannah. Kayla. And Shelly. We did it. I'm so proud of us. Well, this week's Buffalo is uh, weirdest or strangest jobs we've had. I guess I'll start with High Low because I'm already talking. Okay. Hi, was I had my surgery on Monday? For my TOT, so that I don't pull my pants when I jump. I'm so excited, guys. <laughs> I feel good. Um, honestly, you the worst. Just pause part. and tell your listeners how great of an experience and why they should do it. So I was prepared for it to be so much worse than it was, too. Um, but like by the time we like to and from the hospital, we were only there gone for like four and a half hours. You're only out for 20 minutes. Um, relatively pain-free the most painful part is however they have to position you during surgery which you don't really want to think about mm. i was it's like saddle soreness that's how i would describe it mm. my hips hurt not my incisions not my i didn't even look up what exactly they were going to do till afterwards because i didn't want to know Ooh, and um <laughs> but like none of that hurts and so or we're three days day three post-op i feel great i i take ibuprofen every once in a while huh? but I, anyone who deals with urinary sign me up incontinent like i have dealt with it my whole life even prior to having a baby and i'm like why did i wait so long so mm. very excited to not pee my pants when i run or jump or sneeze, sneeze. or cough or puke <laughs> Anytime. anything really congratulations <laughs> yes so, yes um that's my high my low is that i have to take time off the gym though and that is like my happy pill and like just lots of business stress and family stress and i haven't been able to go to the gym so it makes me really sad I'm definitely like, miss I you medically yeah. not the same like no but it's okay two full weeks of what i'm gonna try for we'll see if i make it um and then i'll ease back in so oh and okay. then buffalo. um i don't really have any random jobs i had a lot of jobs um i think it's a product of maybe our generation and i'd be interested to ask you all this i had my first job at 14 like that was just very normal um and then just had so many different done restaurants retail um janitorial like all the gamut of things um i don't really have any weird ones my favorite job was in college i worked at this tiny little local library of the small town of like two thousand people like the library guys would maybe 300 square feet it was tiny wow. it was me and a college or me and a high schooler that worked and like they were like full-time librarians but they left we worked the evenings and that was probably my favorite little job like just restocking shelves and her and i just hung out and chatted so it's great. really random, but yeah. What did you, I mean, how did you, why did you get into that? Um, well, so in like high school and some of college, I worked at Barnes and Noble. And so okay. I loved mm -hmm. the atmosphere of a bookstore. And so it was like, when you're just looking for random jobs, this would have been before really like, it probably was Craigslist or <laughs> I think I would have had to go there. I'm like, I think okay. I probably to physically go fill out an application. So I just went to all <laughs> the little local places and they were hiring. So, so cool. I made like, you know, seven bucks an hour. <laughs> Back in the day. Seven. <laughs> I like that you had all these 
personal training jobs and none of those letting in the heart to talk about. Like, oh. It's your dream those job. Exciting. Those are like adult, boring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love those, but those are totally different. Kind of. If you could do anything, what would you do? Yeah, what's your dream job? Hmm. That's a really good big question. Um, I would love to run a, so for a while I downtown here, there was a um, studio called Tread Happy. And this was before COVID. So before like digital um, classes were really a big thing. They were starting there. Um, but Tread Happy was essentially a cycle studio for treadmills. So I taught running classes. I loved it. And like, I would love to open a running studio like that where you coach people and you just do everything's running based running classes. Just like you did strength too. We had like classes that did both, but I just always loved that. But to be take your running class. It was fun. If they're fun. I mean, it's like cycle, but on a treadmill. So that sounds a thousand times better because cycle is so yeah and you get the gamut of like some people never ran like the oh. whole point was like some people came and only ever walked we just hike that treadmill incline way up there mm -hmm. and they're getting just as good of a workout yeah. and it's all music driven and it's oh. just it's in the dark with lights and it was really fun so yeah well unfortunately they didn't make it through covid mm. And then like Crunch technically has a tread and tread class you can teach. They've asked me to do it, but they don't have a room. So you're just like in the middle of the floor doing it and mm. no. no. <laughs> One day in open gym, I'm gonna be like, Shelly, teach me how to run. Because I tell John all the time, I was like, John, you know, I'm like an over analytical person. I was like, I just think I don't know how to run. And he's like, what you just like, you just do it. And it's like, no, like, I don't know what to do with, like, do I, do I flex my feet? Do I, do I point them? How high do my knees need are, to go? You are and, overthinking you know, I'm, it. I'm that, overthinking running. Put on shoes, run marathon. <laughs> Pretend <laughs> like something's chasing you, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you just gotta go out and just do it. Right. Can you can down to those, like, we see like those running stories and now analyzing dates. Yeah. Yeah. But so like, I mean, I could go for hours on this conversation. Um, I like, I think that's great to go get shoes fitted, but the problem becomes people then try to change their gait and you end up with more injuries by uh -oh. trying to change your natural gait. Cause your body uh -huh. is going to find the least, um, amount of resistance possible so it's following the least amount so it's doing what it feels good doing and so when people are like oh well you shouldn't pronate or you're you're too much of a tippy toe runner you're a heel striker you need to be a mid foot then they end up with injuries because oh. they're like forcing their body to do things it doesn't want to do so you always end up with all that but it's great to go get shoes fitted i always i'm with hannah on that go get them run and have them fit you for shoes yeah nice and then you'll feel like extra, like, yeah, I can go run anywhere. Exactly. It's going to be like these fancy roping. shoes. I'm going to get new shoes and I'm yeah. suddenly going to be a good runner. Just like if I, if I keep buying jump ropes, eventually I'll be able to do a double under. It's like Cooper <laughs> and he had the right shoes that made him so fast. Yes. But he ran right out of his shoe. Yes. Do you see the smoke behind me? Yes. <laughs> Oh, fast running as it is, but you are always 
Those long legs. Yeah. Maybe that's it's just my my stride. I'm not good at it. I'm dying. No, you still uh, you're just naturally fast. Or you're capable of pushing yourself to be fast. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess I can go next. Are you done, Shelly? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm good. Talk plenty. Um. Um. So my high is that I found a really great dress yesterday at half off. <laughs> um, so, so over the past year, you know, I've been, um, going really hard at the gym and I did the nutrition training and, um, trying to lose weight and, um, just like get back to like a comfortable feeling in my body after my postpartum journey, you know, being pregnant for pretty much two years, three years. Like I just like none of, and none of my clothes fit because I was either pregnant for two years or postpartum. And so, um, I'm trying to like get to an area where I feel comfortable in my own skin, but also finally buy clothes that fit me. And so I'm doing that. And so I finally, um, have found some dresses that I like still really uncomfortable in jeans, but I think that's just being someone who lifts weights and you have a smaller waist than you do your legs. And it's just, you have to wear leggings for the rest of your life. I don't know. Um, so anyway, so I'm excited about that. Um, and then I'm off this weekend. My low is that <laughs> this sounds so terrible. Um, I'm salary and I consistently worked 90 hours per paycheck. And so I feel bitter about um, not getting compensated for the time that I work. So uh, tomorrow I have an, an office day and I decided I'm not going into the office because I can't get anything done when I actually go to work. So I'm staying home to do that. Um, putting my foot down there so I can maybe rightfully, not work. Rightfully so, you should be frustrated. I know. That, you just that is a boundaries. I have with corporate America of like the whole, well, we salary. Yeah, but my salary is only for 40 hours. You, mm-hmm. you, this is, But it's this weird thing that our society has just accepted. No, your salary, you work as many hours as you have to make the job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. that's, how, that's how burnout happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, still struggling with that. So sorry to be the Debbie Downer every week about my job, but here we are. Um, and my Buffalo random jobs, also potentially my favorite job. Um, when my first job was actually cleaning houses, my cousin had her own cleaning business. I loved it. I got paid cash, which I didn't know what that meant at the time. You know, I was so young. <laughs> I might've been like 15. Um, but so this was like, so we live around Richmond, right? And um, there are so many cool houses around the city with like the most amazing architecture. And some of these houses, you would flip a switch and the bathroom floor would warm up for you, which made mopping a little bit challenging because it would immediately dry. And so you're like, I don't feel like I just cleaned this. Um, but also just you saw like the worst of people too, because people that are like that elite that you come and clean their house twice a week or once a week, some of these people, and they're just, they treat you like they're made instead of someone that is a house cleaner. And to me that there's just very different things um, where like you change their sheets twice a week and you make sure the bed is made before you leave or, um, getting into an argument because maybe their daughters are of an age of puberty and um don't 
for example, like wrap up their feminine products or they had blood on their sheets. And it's like, I'm not touching that. Well, that's your job. Mm. Um, mm. So like that was kind of the downside of that. But like the architecture of some of these houses in the city was so phenomenal in the history of them. And um, you just don't see houses like that anymore. And I don't know, it was really, really really great um for a lot of a lot of things they just had like really fancy things and like people that traveled and they would bring home figurines from wherever they traveled it was just really cool to to see a lot of things um yeah cleaning houses i like that so in wilmington every year they do a festival where they open up all the historic homes like people's homes that Ooh. you can go tour and i think richmond should do that like for us to be able to they, they have to sign up to be on it, but it has to actually be deemed historical. But it just was so cool, like you said, to go in and see these older homes. I mean, it's somebody's mm -hmm. house, but most of the time they really play up to decorate the home to meet the yeah. style of the home. And the okay. just, it's so cool. And I'm like, man, Richmond should do that because we do have some yeah. cool, cool architecture here. Yes. So somebody throw that out there to the people of Richmond. Richmond, <laughs> get it together. <laughs> See the podcast. What is your dream job? Um, when I was younger, I loved architecture even then. And I used to want to, <laughs> I used to want to be an architect and build houses. And my dad was like, no, uh, I don't think that that's the right move for you. Anyway, but my dream job now, if I just happen to fall upon like $30 million, you know, just trip upon it, I would love to, um, <laughs> I would love to buy land that has a, a, an established vineyard or um, start a vineyard, but like run it run a bed and breakfast off of mm. a vineyard um i don't know that i i don't know that i necessarily want to be like the sommelier um and like tend to the grapes no i feel like i make a thing in sommelier i i have feel like i have an exquisite palate and um <laughs> so i would words love i don't to... know <laughs> you could be a sommelier you could do it i it's i mean i i take pride in like i could probably nose or I have a problem. I could like blind taste test different wines and be like, it's this type of red blend from um, this region. And, like I just- Because of the oaky notes. <laughs> right, the tannins. Um, <laughs> no, I just, I don't know, really, really enjoy wine and things on my palate and pairing it with different foods to open it up. Anyway, um, so yeah, I would love to have like a bed and breakfast or do an Airbnb on, on a big plot of land and just like serve people. And just when, I don't know if you've ever been to a winery, like people that just come out there and like picnic for the day, they're just so carefree and just living their best relaxing day. And I want to serve that to people um, and share that. It's a passion. Unfortunately, I probably will never fall upon $30 million to do that. Um, so it's a dream. <laughs> Have you ever been to the Trump winery out near William Charlottesville? 
I have. I went there for my best friend's bachelorette party two years ago. First time and only time I've ever been. And I really want to go back. My husband really hates Donald Trump. And so oh, um, he will not step foot there. And I'm like, the but building. It's not. The, the building, building is, is phenomenal. The food there, phenomenal. The wines were delicious. The view is amazing. Girl strip. It is just, yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, just a grand time. I mean, there's so many. And one of my favorite wineries around Virginia, sorry to keep rambling about this, is the Glass House um, out past Charlottesville, too. They actually have like a, um, not a rainforest, what is, like a greenhouse. And so <laughs> it's like humidity and there's a big tropical plants in there and their wine, every, their corks are made out of glass. There's like just big glass buildings and um, they actually wow. have a bed and breakfast on on site and they have like a little pond. Anyway, my one of my favorite wineries around Virginia. Second girl's trip. <laughs> we just do one big trip. We're gone for a whole weekend. You don't drink wine, but let's do it. <laughs> I don't drink wine, so Shelly and I just are. We'll be great. You're there for the party. Yeah. Shelly and I in the back seat. <laughs> well, I haven't had anything to drink since Jan uh, December 31st, so I don't know well, if I would be. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, Sober girls trip to the winery. What is it? to like take you around, Kayla. That's fun. <laughs> Glasshouse <laughs> also makes their own truffles, um, and they're amazing. Okay, moving on. Uh, I'm gonna talk more about these. Oh, we have, we do not have a vineyard, but we do have grapevines here. We have made our own wine from our oh. You are welcome to come try it anytime. Ooh, fancy! I'll be, I'll be your sommelier. Oh. <laughs> it is in my bathroom because it was. Essentially, toilet line, but not made in the toilet. <laughs> you know what, Hannah? I am so sold. <laughs> toilet wine, not made in toilets. It's all sanitary. What a slogan. I can go. I was honestly trying to think of my highs and lows. And my buffalo. Uh, <laughs> um, Jackson just winked at me after getting out of his shower. So, um, hi was Jet's birthday was this past uh, Saturday, and we got to celebrate all day Friday. Actually. We, me and Josh got to do a date night on Thursday because the boys spent the night at their best friend's house. So that, you know, works out great for us because there's nobody in the house. So we got to do our date. Like Hannah had suggested, like, go to go to Walmart. And I was like, oh, we went to Target. We went to Petco. Nice. To Napa. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a high, like that whole little weekend thursday and then friday picked up the boys went um went to bricks and minifigs um in short pumps for some legos and then trying to think i don't know we just like did a lot we went to belle isle which is one of our favorite places to go in richmond um the river was super high so we they like to go there's a I don't know if I should say because it's a secret. Um, it's called Goat Island, and you can only access it when the water's like super low. 
Um, and I've never been because every time I go somewhere, like he'll take the boys there and then I'll get like these terrifying videos of like, like them jumping over the rocks. And I'm like, oh my gosh, please don't <laughs> fall into the water. Um, and I don't know, then we went to Sky Zone that evening. I don't know, it was just like a crazy fun weekend. Um, then we took the boys snow tubing um, Saturday for Jet's actual birthday. And then the low was the overstimulated eight-year-old and his frustrating self. Um, and just like everything kind of went down the tube. We spent the night in a hotel just to try to make it special so we didn't have to drive back. Um, which I would have been happy driving back, but just trying to, you know, elevate the the time. So the low was just like all of that. Um, the boys fighting and it just gets very old. And we are together a lot. So it, there never seems to be a good break. So that's my low. Um, but things have gotten better. So I guess there's another high there. Um, Buffalo. So I also have had many different jobs. Um, and I was a horrible waitress because I, I realized that I um, didn't really care what people wanted to eat. <laughs> Just like, you know, I was supposed to ask, oh, do you want your fish blackened or, you know, broiled? And I just wouldn't even think to ask them that. And I just, I was always stressed out doing that kind of where job. Where did you, where, where were you a waitress at? Um, when I lived in Norfolk, I waitressed okay. at like several like random little, you know, not chain restaurants. Um, and lots of retail I think the most notable interesting was that I worked at Peking in Chester, um, which is a Chinese restaurant for those of you who don't know. And it was like the best two years. Um, when, so I didn't wait tables there. I was just, uh, I answered the phones, did to go orders, was a hostess. Um, and, I don't know. I just, I loved the staff there and I got a lot of friends. I like, I started the job because a friend there worked there and it was just like a bunch of my friends working there and out of the whole restaurant, I think the head at the time, the manager was, he was one of two Chinese, actual Chinese people who worked there. The rest were from El Salvador and they, were so funny and i i don't know it was just like the most random thing to be like i started as at a chinese restaurant but um yeah i, I think that was the best some of the jobs the best though are the people yeah. like yeah and that was especially like when I, you're young it's yeah. like who cares what you do if you love who you're with it's still that way as an adult for sure right but yeah. there's a little more responsibilities that do matter but yeah i think that yeah that one just being my first job and like the the ease of it and i even when i came back from college i worked there a little bit like during the summer and stuff and mm -hmm. it was just like i could still get tips like by packing food 
And then like if food like overflowed on the containers, I could like, put it in a container and then I would eat it. And like, I don't know. <laughs> it really was like the, the most ridiculous things. And I could, I could tell more stories, but I think I'd have to clear that with some people. <laughs> but um, yeah. So that's my, and it, with like, as you guys were talking about dream jobs, I don't really know. Like I've never, like I was like, Ooh, I like Kayla's idea of like a bed and breakfast. Um, okay. So now we only have to each stumble upon about 15 to 17 million. Okay. We can go in together. There you go. Okay, great. Um, I have a program that has to build for 2.2 million, but the rest I'll be happy to check. Wonderful. <laughs> yes. That's a great, great goal to reach, and then we'll keep going from there. But <laughs> so, yeah, like just, I just remember years ago, someone asked me that question, and I was like, oh, I just want to, I just want to be a stay at home mom, and like, I don't want to have to work. <laughs> Oh, silly me. <laughs> that so was you're thriving kind of... doing that. Huh? You said you're thriving. I, I do thrive sometimes. Um, there are pros and cons to it. That is sure. very true. But I think that it, you know, it's just I, I working with people. I think my, I never really thought it, I you know, like people are difficult and it's hard, but I mean, those are the only kinds of jobs that I've ever really had. Um, uh, I was a case manager for a homeless organization, uh, an organization that had supported homeless families in um, Norfolk. And that was something I just stumbled upon. But I, I, yeah, so I guess serving people in some way. Mm-hmm. We can have a huge compound that has a winery, a bed and breakfast, an accessible playground, playground uh, yep. treadmills. Let's just fitness do it. Center. I'll run the fitness, fitness center. center. Let's write it all down. <laughs> Buffalo Ranch. I'm sure there's some. There's already Buffalo a... Ranch. <laughs> there's already a Buffalo Ranch somewhere. Sure. Right on my pizza. <laughs> All right, Miss Hannah. Right. Mm -hmm. Hannah. Hi. Mm -hmm. And boys went to Brandon's parents' house for the weekend. So that was nice. And it was like bad. My kids came home from school on Friday. And they were like, can we help? And I was like, you can ask it. And so they did, and she was like, yeah, sure. And so I appreciate All right. Yes, I appreciate my in-laws endlessly. And she was nice. Um, we, I had people over on Saturday. That was really fun. And then on Sunday, we went to a friend's house and played games, and that was really fun. So just a nice weekend of hanging out with pals. Um, well, um, oh, yeah, is starting a new job tomorrow, which is not a row, it's a high, but just like, there's been yeah. lots of conversations and, 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 um, 
this and unknowns. That's a nut. Super bright news on Monday. Not a fan on Monday. Yeah, I haven't done that in a week so far, but it's okay. Not the end of the world. Um, the in that is that Brian and I have had lots of good conversation and we got gotten to communicate very well about things, which I appreciate. And I definitely, I have had a lot of women jobs. Um, one time in college, I had six jobs at one time. Oh no. Yeah, and it was like the craziest schedule. Like, how did how did you manage to keep it all straight? That's a lot. One stoplight town, so there's only stuff that I could do. So if I was at the wrong place, <laughs> I would just like do that to the right place, and it was okay. Like, but how did you never end up double scheduled? That's what I yeah, always even do jobs. Yeah. It's like okay, gotta figure out who I'm working yeah. for when. That um, when. Two and the six were in the same building, which is funny. There's a hockey shop and there's a barista. Okay. Um, and in the hockey shop, there's a little, like, kind of like the vintage antique shop, just a little, like, homemade, like, gifts that you would die to people, like, little corner of the hockey shop. And I worked at both places. So I was like, out of being a barista and then they sell people coffee nuts. What's I was also a house cleaner, Kaylin, which I really liked. It's like, I, yeah, I would do that now if I could, like, put headphones in, don't have to talk to anyone, just like, mm. be in the zone. I would love that. But, I was a bouncer at a club, and I worked at Dollywood Amusement Park, which was great. How long? How long did you do that one? Was that like a summer thing, or two summers in a row in college? (laughs) And now I'm a social worker. A disability rights advocate. What's a sign? What am I led towards maybe someday becoming a personal trainer? Let's see what happens. Yeah, I'm very happy. Like, it's just so nice to have one job, and like, I've had my own job for six years, and I'm like, wow, like. That's the longest I've ever been anywhere, ever, which is really nice. Great. Yeah. Um, but like you said, like, I was like in at 14, like, and yeah, just, I never stopped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jobs. <laughs> what we do now? Well, right, do yeah. Now. What what do we actually do? <laughs> Yell. <laughs> I do feel like I have taken up a lot of yelling in um, referee 
Oh. And I don't get paid well for it. No, you get paid at all for it. No. <laughs> I get paid with attitude and being hit and, and the occasional hug and kiss. <laughs> and the, the toxicity and narcissism that comes with that. <laughs> yeah. The avoidance of I bed love you so all much. The love. Yeah. You're my favorite mommy. I'm your only mommy. <laughs> um, I guess I can start and we'll just go back to the same order. Right now, I don't do a ton, which is great. Um, obviously, since having Brooks, it's been in and out of, of working full-time, not working full-time, just depending on what our goals as a couple was. And so I quit last almost a year ago. No. Yes. A job like yours, Kayla, that was not 40 hours a week, but was getting paid for 40 and working 65, 70, and it was awful. Awful. So I teach fitness classes is always something to keep me just creative outlet. And then um, Chase and I opened a business last year. So I help him when I can. But guys, I really know nothing. I'm the worst employee. I tell Chase all the time, I would fire me. <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> he evidently can listen to the phone calls when I answer them, which I then felt so, so self-conscious afterwards. <laughs> it's like Shelly. And I'm like, you can hear me? He's like, I can listen to every phone call you take. And I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Oh my gosh. I just I don't I don't do sales well. I'm very happy on the phone. I'm happy to answer questions, but I don't know the answer. So half the time I'm like, I don't know. I'll have to get you in touch with our sales side. Can you, know, you try to make the business seem bigger when really yeah. it's just me and Chase? Because every <laughs> once in a while they'll call me out on that. They're like, You mean your husband? I was like, Yes. That's <laughs> the one. Because <laughs> people are right. They either love that it's a small business or it's like, oh, small business. But we'd rather work with the people who like small business. So that's really all I do now. I just teach and then mom and then work in our business. So, but which keeps you busy. Oh, it's plenty. Like, okay, I mean, there's, no, there's more I don't could minimize do. it. Right. But there's more I could do. But it's also that, like, every once in a while I go to apply and then I'm like, wait, but who, like, it's hard when you have, like, we're trying to avoid daycare. And right. without daycare, when you have 9 a.m. school start and a four off, like, I just am like, you, you would have to have daycare. And so I'm like, at what point is it financially not worth it anymore? Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. But we could do it. I just don't want to. I, I like being my kid's person. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what he would do. I don't think he knows what to do. You know, he's in therapy because I went to work for like five months and he couldn't handle it. <laughs> so. Oh, poor guy. Okay. We're working through it though. Yeah. So that's me. Great. What job did you think you were going to do when you were younger? Oh, when I was younger, I well, like, you, to... yeah, you planned, you're like, this is what I'm going to be. I wanted to be a high school teacher, but like out of college, I did corporate fitness and I love it. Like I, I love so. everything about it. It's fitness without sales. It's about people. It's about um, just embracing people. Like you're the happy, it, it's like working at CrossFit, you know, where people right. would come down at lunch to take a class and it's like the one hour of their day and they're so excited to be there and I'm their person. Right. Um, and yet you do zero sales. So that's what makes it beautiful because often fitness becomes so salesy and mm, I don't yeah. do sales. But this was like, nope, most of the time their memberships were either free or like $15. Like it's not expensive. Everybody who's coming to you comes because they want to be there. Like 
classes are short and sweet, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, like it's just, it's a great avenue in the fitness world that not everybody knows about. And it's no weekends, no holidays, mm. no nights. Like it's like perfect. They're really hard to find. They're few and far between. So mm. but I did love it. I would go back to it if I could find a good contract again and it would pay enough, but it doesn't pay very well. Mm -hmm. Womp womp. Cool. Um, so me. Um, so I work in veterinary medicine. I am a licensed veterinary technician. And some people are like, what does that mean? And so essentially I am have more responsibility than a nurse, but get paid a fraction of what they get paid. Um so um, I do anesthesia, I monitor, well, the anesthesia during surgery, I can surgery assist, I do everything under the microscope, I'm doing all the drug calculations, filling meds, all the venipuncture catheter placement, radiographs, anyway, a lot of, a lot of work um, to make a doctor's job easier where they just have to type a record um, and perform the actual, actual surgery. Um, my passion is critical care, which I spent a lot of time doing when I first graduated. Um, but then I had kids and those hours and um, being on call and stuff just aren't conducive when you have two young kids. So I had to step away from critical care and go to general practice, which is fine. It's nice to have like a good um, relationship with clients and, and those pets and watch them grow up from puppies to being adults versus like I saved a really, really sick pet and then I never see them again, you know? Um, and then now I've gotten into practice management. So managing a hospital and the staff members to, um, which I really, really love, but also it's challenging. It's a challenging time to manage people to work. Uh, it's just, a different time. Um, so I'm trying to grow with that and not set expectations that will unlikely be met outside of my control, which is a struggle um, for those of us that grew up uh, where we worked six jobs while you were in college, right? Um, where people now are like, you're lucky to have me as an employee. Please pay me at the top of the game. But like, please make sure I have six weeks of vacation for the top amount of pay. And if I want to take an hour lunch break, I need to take an hour lunch break, um, which is ridiculous to me. But mm -hmm. anyway, trying to grow with the new times as a manager. And it's mm. challenging. Did you always um, want to get into the management side or did that kind of fall in your lap? It kind of just fell into my lap. Um, soon after I graduated, I became a lead. Like within two years of graduating, I became a lead technician at the uh, hospital I was at. And then um, I was approached by another hospital to help start uh, a specialty department there. Um, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't hands-on enough for me. It wasn't, I mean, I came from emergency and this was for dentistry and all I was doing pretty, I thought I would be doing a lot more dentals, which dogs and cats with disgusting mouths. And, you know, I love like, that's exciting stuff right there. Like extracting all those tear because you're making a difference. Right. Um, but in dentistry specialty, I'm monitoring high risk anesthesia. And sometimes these cases are three to five hours at a time. And I have to sit oh. in a chair for three to five hours and coming from emergency where it's like, 
ping, 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 and I'm on my feet all day long. You want me to sit and watch one patient for five hours and keep it alive? It is a very important and much needed job. It was not the job for me. I was so bored. Um, I learned a ton, which I'm very grateful for, for having the skill set of high risk anesthesia. Um, but I'm good. I don't need to, I don't need to do that again. I'm good. Um, I'm, I like, I am too much of a busy, like, I don't even sit down to watch TV right now. Like I can't sit and watch a patient for anesthesia. So, um, I love teaching. And so, because I have a lot of experience, I love it when I have like new graduates come through the hospital and help train them and build them up to be a really good technician and gain the confidence too, because veterinary medicine as a whole kind of lacks that because, you know, in some surrounding states, you don't have to have a license to be a veterinary technician. They're just like glorified assistants. And so trying, they're trying to make that like a national standard. And so it's a fight we're fighting. And uh, anyway, there's, a, I could talk all day about that debate, but um, anyway, that's what I do. Um, I think that I would like it more if I wasn't also a mom, because when you're in management, you never really get to cut it off, you know? And um, I can't, I have a hard time separating, like managing my household and going to work and manage children and then come home and continue to manage my household and then try to have a marriage. Like it's, I'm sucked dry all day long because I'm constantly serving everybody else. So um, I hope that I love it more soon um, just to get through these next couple of years instead of feeling resentful towards everything. So I, anyways, I'm working through that. Yeah. That's hard. Did you always love animals? Like, is that like what led you to be veterinary medicine or is it like, I don't really like animals and I still do this. Like what, what led you there? It's funny. I feel like I've always, I wasn't that little girl that was like, I'm going to grow up to be a veterinarian. Like I wanted to build houses. Um, but I do remember like we had an outside dog when I grew up and I would like go take naps with him out in his dog house. I don't have like ticks all over me from him because that's just like what our parents did. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember he like, or this was our other dog. She had, like vomited one time. And my dad had this like, I don't know if I got it from watching Animal Planet, some some like country veterinarian or something. There was like tubing. And I remember taking um, a tube from my dad's garage and like his workshop and most random stuff because for some reason, dads of our, our age and generation like never threw anything away. And so I was like, dad's got stuff to save Dusty. And so I found this like brown tubing and I filled a bucket up with water and I found some pliers and I pliered the end of the tube onto Dusty's fur and I put the other end in a bucket full of water and I'm like I'm going to hydrate her in my mind I'm saving her life I am just putting water from this bucket onto her fur and she is getting hydrated and so I do remember that (laughs) as a kid and like I used to steal salamanders from the wood pile and keep them um or I would poke holes in the caterpillar's nest and like bring them inside and hide them under my bed. They would all die. I'm sorry. I'm a murderer. Did not, not my intention, but I had like caterpillar carnivals where I would like play with them and bring leaves. And anyway, um, Kayla, was that child at the playground that you're like, uh, she's got the bugs again. She's got, the she's like saving I, all the things. Um, yeah. So a total weirdo. Um, yeah. Really loved bugs and animals as a kid. 
but my parents didn't like we didn't have an inside dog until we moved so i didn't really i guess because i didn't grow up with like a passionate um animal friendly household like we didn't have cats and i didn't have i i never owned a hamster like i got guinea pigs when i went to college which were really cool but anyway yeah so then i went to school to actually be a veterinarian and i got stuck in this um having to work to pay for school but was doing so poorly in school because i constantly had to work so i ended up um dropping out of my undergraduate at vcu um and then that's when i found out like what a veterinary technician was which i didn't even know existed i was working at a veterinary hospital at the time and like they had one licensed technician and i was like you do all the hard work you do really cool things she's like yeah you go to school for this and then i learned about it and then that became my passion and i did that it's a five semester program blew through that and then went straight into emergency medicine and it was um it was my calling i was very passionate about it and anyway that's my story that's great i love it all right is it is it my time <laughs> um so I am a homeschooling mother. Um, and within that, we've homeschooled since Jackson was in kindergarten. And I never thought I would do that. Um, Can I stop you? So what led you? Because obviously this is something we considered a lot last year with Brooks going yeah. to kindergarten. What made you finally make that decision that that's what you were going to do and i know you have some background in yes so i have a teaching license i am certified to teach art k through 12. um so in the state of virginia that license is good um i mean you you don't have to be a licensed teacher to homeschool your children you just have to have you know i think a home a uh, high school diploma in order you know that you're capable of teaching your children um but by having a certificate of, you know, licensed teaching, you pre I pretty much they're like, OK, you're fine. You can go and do so. I don't have to test my kids and um, which I'd like to do, though, just to kind of see where they're at. Um, but it's not a requirement by the law. Um, I. And it's funny because I like thought about I'll answer your question in a second. Shelly, because it's just like, I know there's so many things going around in my head. Um, I just always thought he'd go to public school. And so I was just focused on like trying to find art type jobs, I guess. Um, I don't know. I Let me just answer your question so I don't go too far off the beaten path here. Um, I had friends who my friend Amy I've known since I was two and when we moved back here um or moved to Powhatan not back to Powhatan but um when I moved back to the area I was like I just want to be wherever Amy is and even though I have other friends who I still grew up with who live around here um I just really felt led to like live near her I had her son um and Jackson are about 11 months apart and then she had a daughter right after so he's like jackson's like right in between her two oldest and i was like well there's built-in friends there so i'll just you know whatever whatever we do i want to be with amy so um 
we started small group with them and that year she started homeschooling her um her oldest and I just, Jackson was in preschool. He was doing speech therapy through um, Powhatan Public Schools. So I was taking him to Flat Rock and like, be like, okay, this is where we're going to, we're going to be like, you're getting used to it. I'm getting used to it. Um, And so I don't know. It's just like, Amy was like, Hey, have you thought about homeschooling? I'm like, Oh no, we're going to, you know, I'm sending him there. And then Powhatan redrew the lines so he was no longer going to Flat Rock. And that was one of my, I was like, I need him to go there because another friend from pretty much, she lived down the street from me when I was in elementary school, but we went to high school together. She lives about 10 minutes from here and her son would, they're in the Flat Rock district. district. So I was just like, yep, we're going to go there. So at least I know somebody who knows, you know, we're all together. Todd Hand redrew the lines and, um, he was supposed to go to Powhatan elementary. And I was like, well, I don't know those people. I don't know. I felt like I was being very overprotective at this point, but um, we signed him up, you know, registered him everything in April. And my friend Amy's like, okay, well, why don't you go to this practicum, this, you know, like a conference type thing for um, this homeschool co-op that I do. And just see, just see what you think. And I was like, okay. So I prayed about it. And I was like, oh, okay, Lord, if I'm supposed to do this, like I I have no desire. Josh was like, well, it's really up to you because I'm not going to homeschool them. Like I'll be, at, you know, around. But, and that was another thing. It was like, so they changed the lines. He was going to go to a different school. So I just wasn't sure about that. Then my in-laws lived with us at the time. Jet was little. Josh worked from home we were literally all together all the time already. And I was like, so then we're going to send him away, you know, for 35 hours a week when we're literally all home at together. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't seem fair to him, you know? And so I went to this practicum with Amy and I was like, Lord, if I'm supposed to do this, you have to make it very clear. It has to be like, there's no nonsense here. <laughs> and you're bargaining. This, yeah. I was like, hey, I can't. I gotta be a good sign or I'm out. Yes, I was like, it needs to be very clear. And so this woman is talking and, and I'm feeling like, wow, okay. She, what she's saying is like really makes sense and talking about the community and like how it works, how it's classical education and how that all works. And, and then she's like, do you know anyone who is a well-adjusted, very successful human being, adult human being who was homeschooled? And I know that doesn't sound very earth shattering, but Josh was homeschooled up until uh, high school and life circumstances and other things. I think he was just ready for something different. He went to high school, public high school. Well, he is the most successful homeschool, you know, kid that I have ever met because I've not met many. So I was like, just like, oh my gosh, it's this is it. This is it. And there was a lot of other things that she said that really like tugged at my heart and was just like, okay, I think we can do this. It's just, it's just kindergarten. Like we'll take it each step at a time. Like each year we'll reassess. We'll see if this is still right for our family. And at the end of that conference, 
my friend Amy looked at me and she goes, I don't know how anybody would have gotten anything from that woman. She was the worst speaker I've ever heard. She was so dry, monotone, like, oh, And you just why? had this huge experience. And I was like, Amy, I don't know if you realize this, but um, I have decided that I want to homeschool because of what this woman has, like, talked about. And I was like, she goes, well, that is just the Lord right there. That is proof that he wants you to do it. So you better do it. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll do it, you know, and it just always has just made sense. Um, some years I feel obviously it's a challenging thing, but um, each year we've just kind of gone into it. Like, does this still make sense? Like, is this still what we're being called to do? And I, I've never once felt like a very, you know, it's not, there's not a big red flag. Of course, there's days where I'm like, you see that bus out there? I will happily take you to the end of this this driveway and you can get on that bus. They probably won't let you on. But I mean, <laughs> you know, so it's hard. There's challenges. But um, yeah, it's I'm teaching. So I'm still using my degree. Um, I've had I had to like re up my certificate probably like three years ago. Probably right before COVID because I like did a online class and I had to go to a lot of um, conferences and stuff like that to get points. Um, but it, I renewed it and it's good for 10 years. So nice. Jackson will be like a senior at that point. So yeah, so I'm doing that, but I That's never awesome. thought that I would ever do that. So. <laughs> but we have such an amazing group of friends who homeschool and so it, it and it homeschooling is so much more accessible than it used to be um so many more people are doing it and yeah so it doesn't it doesn't feel as awkward i guess so john's aunt like has her own homeschooling university that she does online yeah um, there's so many different options you know it's almost yeah um overwhelming so <laughs> But what I thought I was going to be when I went to college was a marine biologist. Oh. And I'll just say that <laughs> it took a very different path. Very <laughs> different. So, story for another time. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, I'm not, hey, I did want to be a veterinarian. But then cool. I found out you have to go to school for eight years, and I was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> and then I wanted to be a dater, but then I was scared of how hot the oven was, so that also wasn't going to turn out. And I got my bachelor's degree in American Sign Language, and I was going to be an interpreter, and I was, and I hated it. Everything about it. Why did you hate it? Yeah. Because oh. <laughs> that's like on my bucket list of things in life is to learn to sign. Oh, Hannah, can you teach us? Yeah. Right? Sure. Sign language. And just, yeah, I like moved out to Colorado and I worked in an outdoor adventure camp for just 
kids, and I honestly got treated like crap by everyone, and so it kind of just took a really bad taste Mm -hmm. in my mouth, and I was like, nope, not doing that. Mm. So it wasn't the job itself, it was the people. Um, and now I'm a social writer. I had my master's degree in social work. And yeah. But I yeah, I do a lot of other things that I would like to do when not seventeen thousand. Great. I'm content. I have, and yeah, I really enjoy the job I have now. Um, I think I would say it was my dream job at the time that I got it. And I mean, yeah, it's a good job to help people. Uh, yeah, I do important work, I think, which is nice. I think no matter how much we love what we do, when it's a job, it's still a job. It's yeah. still like those moments where like you want to be able to turn off your brain and be like, I don't want to have to think about work. I want money just to show up in my account and live my life <laughs> and go and do all the good things. It's like you almost would love it more if you just did it because you had passion and then you get paid for it. And it's like, no, nah, I don't love it as much because it's work. <laughs> right. I sometimes talk and they have this theory it's like what if everybody didn't really have like a job but we everyone picked up like four trades throughout their lifetime and seasonally you change a trade and so that way you don't get burnt out on something and eventually you just like circle back and then the whole country and universe and whoever is they're just shifting jobs like every four months or every three months and you're just not constantly doing the same thing, you know, and then you yeah. have all these skills and anyway. You get working on that, Kayla. Sign yeah. me up. Right. <laughs> Government still pay me my benefit or still get, provide my benefits. If we all still just work full time and we just do what we want to do full time and then trade every few months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the key to happiness. Yeah. It is really- or vacation in between. Mm-hmm. It's on my goal list for this year to quit my job and also get a job at Tractor Supply. I'm like, that is on your goal list? Tractor yeah. Supply. Yeah, because you wouldn't stress. It's just so mindless. Like, mm-hmm. I like retail because it's just like, yep, yeah, you hold the same pair of pants. That That's you right. Do. Right. You probably uh, honestly spend so much money there running your farm, like yeah. your employee benefits would make it. it worth it, right? Yeah. Days employees like health insurance, like tractor supplies are really great company. So I'm like, this mm-hmm. is what I'm doing. There you um, go. I also think if we only worked 30 hour work weeks, we would all be a lot happier too. Like the other countries have it figured out. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand why we I need do. 10 hours back. I have a favorite time now. It's so nice. Because even that for a 40-hour work week. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've got it wrong here. Yeah. Not enough vacations. When we lived in Canada, it was not uncommon for people to go on three-week holidays. And we were like, wait, what? People go on three-week holidays? 
and they just leave their job for three weeks and everybody else just figures it out without them and i'm like what and it was normal not normal here no it's not don't even get me started on paid maternity leave (laughs) (laughs) it is infuriating that's another topic for another day (laughs) sorry listeners Everyone's boiling in their seats. Mm-hmm. So, well, I have to go to bed. Yes, yeah, same. it's late. This was fun. So late. It's so late. It's so late. Thanks for joining us on this adventure. See you next week. Uh-huh.